my wife and I have prayed over this decision more than any other in our life. But I've decided that it's time for me to retire from being the senior pastor of this amazing church. Honestly, I've been running the race so hard. I need some time with God, my family, and of course, my dog and my shotguns. <laughs> I, I do. pastor for the last 28 years. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel like this your best life, won't you sing with me? To draw a pie here for you but you know here's a pie or you know whatever that, that wasn't very good you go like that right okay so we have this pie what's the matter don't even get me going on juice boxes since when do kids need juice boxes after every soccer practice and a snack taking steps to avoid those same pit, pit, pit whether you're baptist catholic lutheran mesbeterian give them a water hose if they need something I mean, that's what we got. Good grief. <laughs> Don't get me going on juice boxes. Yeah, and that's why we love him, right? <laughs> Man, he's, he's made us laugh, he's made us cry, but most of all, he's made us better followers of Christ. Today, we're here to celebrate Bob Merritt, who's led this church for 28 years, and we're here to celebrate just how good and faithful God has been towards us. You know, early on in his time of, of leading that original congregation in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, he stood in front of them, and he said, there's 50,000 people who live within a golf shot of this church and empowered by God, we're gonna do whatever it takes to reach those people for Christ. And that vision caught, our church started to grow. Now, Bob would be the first to tell you that God deserves all the credit, all the glory, but how many of us have stepped foot into an Eagle Brook Church worship service and after listening to one of Bob's messages left saying these words, it's like he was speaking right to me. I mean, how did he know? The church walls couldn't contain the growth of all the people who were coming, and through it all, God has moved, and he has used Bob Merritt to help lead the way. So Bob, on behalf of so many people here, we are so thankful that you have allowed God to use you to speak right to us, to me, all these years. And we love you, and we're grateful for you. And I know that you all want to hear from Bob, and I promise that you will at some point today, but, but we do want to celebrate him just a little bit more. So in just a bit, uh, we're going to take a look at the impact that he's made in so many of our lives through a video, and then we're going to hear from some special guests, okay? So take a look at this video and the impact that he's made in our lives.
Well, it's time to move out of my office and uh, pack things up after a long time, 28 years. Um, quite a day. Actually, if I think about it too much, I get, I get emotional about it. And uh, so I've tried to keep busy, try to make it just a mechanical thing. You know, I've been slowly working at this for the past three or four weeks, actually, bringing things home, throwing things out. What it really comes down to, though, is this is just a workspace. But this is where I've met God, and God has spoken to me by His Spirit, and I'm just so grateful. At one time, we had 11 animals in here or so, turkey, several whitetails, a sheep, a goat, all kinds of good stuff. That's just who I am. And uh, I'm not sure what we're gonna do with them. My wife and I are still debating that. Flurry, I don't know, she's not gonna like this. But, you know what, that's life. <laughs> Surreal is an interesting word. I'm not sure how I feel. I just, you know, there, I've been kind of living with these emotions for a long time. I've known that I'm gonna be doing this for a long time. Now that you're asking that question, I'm just, <laughs> You know, yeah, there's some emotion there. It was 1991, and First Baptist Church of White Bear Lake was in the pastoral search process. Bob was 34, had just completed his PhD out at Penn State. We interviewed Bob, and uh, Bob in that process told us, please don't hire me unless you want to grow. So I was involved with uh, moving Bob and Lori and the kids and their possessions from Pennsylvania to White Bear Lake and had no idea what kind of an impact that move was going to have on our community. My wife and I started coming to Eagle Brook about 20 years ago. Right from the beginning, this guy named Bob Merritt started preaching, and it was relevant, it was applicable to our lives. Everything in life started to change because we were hearing God's Word in a fresh way. And we eventually got baptized, and Bob baptized my wife and I, and that was a huge mile marker in our life. And a few years later, I found myself on staff. Well, one of the things we shared last week at our all-staff meeting was just the, the impact that Bob has had over the last 28 years. And uh, looked back at 1991, the annual report, which said 20 people were reached for Christ that year. We were a church of about 300 people. And so that was incredible even in that first year. But then every year it started to grow after that. And when you add up all of those numbers, it actually turns out to be over 42,000 people who have made a decision for Christ in the last 28 years since Bob has been here. That is just shocking to me. And uh, just to see the eternities that are changed forever. I think when I first came on staff, uh, I was kind of just in awe of Bob and maybe even a little bit scared of Bob. And that was 13 years ago. And in that time, he's become a mentor, he's become a partner in ministry, he's become an extremely close friend, someone who I, I love dearly. And uh, what Bob has done is he has built this church not on himself, but on Jesus Christ. And it's built on a passion for the truth of God's word. It's built on a mission of reaching people for Christ. And so I feel like the responsibility of myself and all of us is that we would continue to build our church on Jesus Christ. And I know that's what Bob wants as well, that he wants this church to continue to do the mission that God's called us to. The sadness that I feel is, I think because I've seen the impact that he's made on you know, me personally, on so many people personally in our community, and the way that he speaks and the authority that he speaks with and the love that he has with that authority. I mean, there just isn't anyone like him. And I think there's just that weight of knowing that he's gotten to that place where Jesus was looking at him and saying, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, I'm so happy for him. Um, he's finishing a race. Feels really good, but the rest of us that are still running are gonna miss him.
Bob's impact has been everything for me. He has treated me like his own son, loved me like I was his own, and built into my life, my marriage with Meg and my kids. And that's something that I'll cherish forever and never forget. He lives and breathes this church and Jesus. And even though this chapter is coming to a close, I'm looking forward to whatever God has in store for him next. My dear son, Bob, I just want to tell you, I still marvel in the thought that God grabbed hold of your heart and soul, calling you to build his church and leading many to follow in Jesus' ways. I also marvel that for the past 20 years, you've been your mom's pastor. You've blessed this old heart of mine so profoundly that I wonder how many more tears will flow down my cheeks before I reach heaven's gates. Thank you, my sweet son, for staying the course and with so much dedication. I would be remiss if I did not thank your darling, Laurie. It's not easy to be the wife of a pastor, but Laura, you have done it well, standing by Bob through the good as well as through the hard places. I love you both so much. And I pray that this is only the beginning of greater things that God has in store for you. I, I wonder what our community would look like if it weren't for Eagle Brook Church. <laughs> Having the impact that it has. Um, the people I see in our community, the parents I run into, I'm not sure where their marriages would be. I'm not sure where their kids would be. I'm not sure what my life would be if we hadn't been impacted by Bob. Thank you, Bob. So this is the last service, um, and my routine hasn't changed for 28 years. I, just 15 minutes before service now, and I'm very quiet. I'm restful in my spirit. I get down on my hands and knees, and I pray a quick prayer here. Just ask Jesus to speak through me and uh, fill me with his spirit, with his strength. So I just keep my, myself quiet, and I kept myself quiet today uh, as I walk out to the final service, a lot of emotion, but I've got a message that I'm hoping people will respond to in faith. And so I gotta stay in the game and I've gotta somehow manage my own emotion. But, you know, God, God is God and, and he does what he wants to do and he'll show up, I'm sure, and I just trust him. If you were to ask me what matters most, what I've given my whole life to, it's that all of you would know Jesus, that you would put your full faith in him and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Receive his forgiveness, his healing, his wholeness. And just come home. It's what matters more than anything. So I want to pray for you. That was my last message officially here at church. Um, and I knew I wanted to pray, pray for people and lead people to Jesus. That's what it's all about. I think today uh, was a big, hurdle for me to get over emotionally personally I uh, I'm not I'm not one who likes to be emotional <laughs> but now that's behind me and I'm just really grateful uh, for this church and for for God's choosing me for some reason I don't know why but he did and I'm just truly truly humbled and grateful for that
Well, that's it for today. We'll see you all next week. Hi, everyone. I'm Meg, Bob's daughter. And this is my brother, David. Um, and simply being able to be here in person today, along with the worship and the last video, have me a little bit emotional. Plus, you all are a little scary, so <laughs> bear with me. Um, but I'll start by saying just how much I love my dad. Um, we have always had a special bond, and he is truly the only person I would get up here and do this for. It's hard for me to put into words just how much he means to me, but I'll do my best, and then I'll let David carry the load, because he is just far better at this than I am. First of all, we love Eagle Brook. It's one of the few reasons Nellie and I have decided to move back to Minnesota, second only to our family. We have spent the last 10 years away getting Nellie through medical school, residency, and fellowship, and it feels like we've missed some of my dad's best years here. This church is like a second home to me, and even though we love Jason and are so excited he will be leading Eagle Brook, it's hard to imagine it without my dad. We are so grateful for how well all of you have loved my dad and our family over the last 28 years. So thank you. Before I talk about my dad, I wanna take a minute to acknowledge my mom. She prefers to stay in the background, but she has been helping my dad navigate this role from day one. She is selfless, strong, and full of wisdom. And her fingerprints can be seen throughout all of my dad's messages, as well as his decisions, big and small. God knew my dad needed my mom to accomplish all he had planned for his life and for Eagle Brook. And I honestly believe God put a soft spot in my mom's heart for him at the age of 15. Because anyone who knows them well knows that divine intervention is the only explanation for why, <laughs> for why my mom chose my dad all those years ago. And I know I speak for my entire family when I say we are so glad she did. She protected my dad and created an environment at home that enabled him to succeed. She was and still is his perfect match, the one person he needed standing by his side through this journey. We love you, Mom. We're so grateful for you. None of us would be who we are without you. And now for my dad. I am so proud of him, and I have always loved hearing him speak. One of my favorite things about him is that he is the same person on stage as he is at home, except with the freedom to be a little more colorful and much more poorly dressed. <laughs> I love that I never have to question his character or what he believes. I know he always has been and always will be faithful to my mom and our family, as well as this church. And I know that to a lot of you, he's kind of a big deal. But to me, he's simply my dad, and that is by far what I love most about him. Dad, it's impossible to fit 34 years of memories into a few minutes, but what I will say is this. The things that I so deeply valued about you growing up are the same things I am still grateful you do for me today. You have consistently loved me well for 34 years. Thank you for investing your time and energy into my life when I was growing up and now that I have a family of my own. Thank you for making me feel valued and important, for tucking me in at night and telling us stories about all the times you misbehaved as a kid. <laughs> Thank you for editing my school papers, even though your criticism made me cry, and I eventually just had mom do it. <laughs> Thank you for teaching me the important things, like how to shoot a basketball, hit a baseball, and make a good venison burger. Thank you for taking me out to dinner at the old spaghetti factory, and then to see Anthony Peeler play with the Timberwolves, where we always had to leave early to beat the crowd. <laughs> Another one of your valuable life lessons. <laughs> Thank you for praying for me every day when I ask for it and when I don't, for telling me how beautiful I am, not just because you should, but because you truly believe it. <laughs> Thank you for showing me how much you love me daily, for traveling thousands of miles just to see me smile. <laughs> Thank you for fully embracing Nellie into our family and for loving my kids so well that you have become their most favorite person. And thank you for always making me feel safe and secure and for letting me know I always have a home with you and mom no matter what. I'm so grateful to you both for making our house not just a place we live, but the one place I always wanna be. I love you with my whole heart. I'm so lucky to be your daughter. And mom and dad, 
We are really excited to see what this next chapter brings for you. I imagine it will be one of the sweetest yet. And rest up, because in a few months, Nellie and I will be back, and we'll need a babysitter. It's uh, hard to know what to add to that, and she's wrong. I'm not the gifted one here. Uh, but I can add some levity and take some shots at my dad because I don't think anybody else this weekend can. Uh, so I'll start by saying a couple years ago, my wife Sarah and I were at my folks' house. I was in the kitchen eating a handful of cashews. My dad walked into the kitchen and asked what I was eating, and I said, cashews. He replied, and I quote, cashews are my favorite kind of peanut. Of course, I said, I said, what? Sarah started laughing, and I said, Dad, cashews are not peanuts. Peanuts are peanuts. Cashews are cashews. Both are nuts, but both aren't peanuts. And we all stood there and laughed at this grown adult who didn't know cashews weren't peanuts. <laughs> I share this not to disparage my dad. Uh, or to make up for 28 years of stories he's told about me. I, I don't have time for that. <laughs> the point of the story is to simply state what should be obvious. He's not perfect. Uh, in fact, he's far from perfect. In a lot of ways, very average. In many ways, quite a bit below average. Uh, and he's, he's been honest about that. That's one of his strengths, I suppose. Um, but that should give comfort to those of you who are feeling a little bit uneasy about this church moving forward without his direct leadership. And more importantly, this illustrates what is completely true about this place, and that is this church was plainly built by God. No person, including my dad, who until age 60 thought a cashew was a peanut, <laughs> is smart enough, talented enough, or gifted enough to do in this church what God has done over the last three decades. Similarly, no person has the ability to change the human heart. Only God does that. Eagle Brook Church exists because of God and for his glory. It was built by God and it will continue under God. But throughout the Bible, we see that God does work in imperfect people to bring about his perfect plan, showing he can use flawed men and women, like my dad, to do his work and to bring in people into a relationship with Jesus. God isn't done working here. He's not done working through this church under Jason's leadership, the rest of the staff here, all the volunteers, and you, our church family. We're thrilled to be a part of it. We love all of you, and like my sister said, you've loved us and loved our dad so well. And we're grateful for that, truly. You don't know what that means. And while we're here in part to celebrate my dad, we really can't do that without celebrating the one person who's read all of his messages, provided more feedback and direction than anybody else, and without whom I'm not sure this church would look the way it does. And as my sister noted, that person's my mom. My dad could not have been given a more consistent, wise, or intelligent ministry partner, or a more loyal, loving, and dedicated wife. She's not been behind him, but beside him. And she's helped lead this church without recognition or spotlight, because that's what she's wanted, and that's the way God's wired her. Her heart is dedicated to Jesus, to my dad, to my family, and to this church, and her impact here has been profound, whether we all knew it or not. She also had the primary role of raising me through my teenage years, which was no picnic. Thank you for that, Mom. Mom, you're gracious, you're humble, you're wise. God paired you with Dad for an incredible and divine purpose that has played out in this church. I love you more than words can say. Thank you for your sacrifice, for your steady hand in our family, for your prayer and consistency. Like Neem said, we'd be floundering without you. Finally, I've thought for months about what I want to tell you all about my dad. I could talk for hours, but at the core of what I want to share are two intertwined truths. First, his love for you, the church he's dedicated his life to, is very real. He loves all of you deeply. Second, the driving force behind how he's led this church and how he's lived his life is to reach that one lost person for Christ. Many of you are those people. Many of you have been those people, and there will be people to come. Those two things have driven him over the last 28 years to give and sacrifice more than most of you will probably ever know. 
I've spent countless hours walking golf courses, hunting fields, and talking with him about sleepless nights, hours spent in prayer and fasting, living under the weight of serving God through this church. And that weight has driven him to say no to pretty much everything. Life events. He has said no to every family and social event you can imagine. And it's not just because he's antisocial, although he is sort of antisocial. <laughs> um, personal enrichment. <laughs> Instead of traveling the country, speaking, promoting himself, his books, his personal professional brand, he said no to that. He said no uh, to promoting his book sales, building an inheritance for his children and grandchildren. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at this point, I'm hoping he doesn't wind up in our basement, although that'd be okay, I guess. <laughs> but truthfully, this has been really hard at times, and I'm excited for him to have more margin and more space to do the things he's missed out on the last 30 years. But he's said no to all of that for a reason, for a greater purpose. He's said no because he's been single-mindedly focused on what God has trusted him with here, trusted him with in this church. God has used my dad as an imperfect but wholly dedicated servant to reach people for Christ in ways rarely seen on this planet. And he's done that through this church, through our church. Dad, you've been uniquely gifted by God to lead this church, and I've grown immeasurably through your leadership and having you as my spiritual leader and pastor. What God has done through your dedication and leadership is remarkable, and I'm proud of you for that. But I'm most proud and most grateful for who you are as a man, who you are as my dad. You're disciplined, you're honorable, you're a deep lover of truth, and you're a deep lover of Jesus. You're humble, you're convicted, you're loving and strong. You've been faithful to mom, faithful to this church, faithful to our family. You have earned my respect over and over again. I know Jesus because of you. I'm a better man, husband, and father because you're my dad. And aside from Sarah, you're my best friend. There's no person on earth who I hold in higher regard. And if my little boys can grow up to be like me and view their dad the way I view you, I'll have done my job. Thank you. I love you. everybody. Thanks. So honoring to have all of you here today. Um, man, I'm going to be glad this is over. <laughs> uh, it, but it really is an honor to receive that. Uh, it's a little uncomfortable for me to be in that uh, kind of light but it is honoring and I'm thankful to God for every single one of you. Like my kids have said, you know, that God has done a work in all of our lives, including mine, it is the greatest gift, the greatest reality this planet will ever know that Jesus loves us and wants a relationship with every one of us. And for most of you that has happened and continues and that's really the celebration today, but Megan, Dave, I'm so proud of you that you're my kids. I can't believe that God gave you to us. And uh, how you turned out, you know, I'm just incredibly grateful for who you are. And I love you more than you'll ever know. And if God lined up all the little girls and boys in the entire world, I'd pick you two every time. Not even close. You know, a lot of kids, pastors' kids make it their goal to kind of embarrass their parents, um, to rebel 
against their family values and faith, but my kids never have. Instead, Megan Dave, you let me tell stories about your childhood and teenage struggles so that other people could relate to that and learn. You faced the pressure at school of being my kids. David, your friends called me the Pope, and <laughs> we kind of chuckled about that, but that was embarrassing to you. And you never wavered, though, in your love for me, our church, your faith. The greatest gifts that God ever gave your mom and me besides our salvation is the both of you. We will always feel that way. Nellie, I'd pick you as my son-in-law every single time, not even close. I hope you remember this day. I love you like my own. Sarah, I would pick you as my daughter-in-law every single time. Beautiful inside and out. I love you like my own. Mom, you and dad are my heroes. In life and faith, you led the way for me. Only God knows how many people are in heaven because of your prayers and your love, especially for little kids. Love you, Mom. Laurie, everyone in our family knows you're the rock that we all lean on. I do owe my life to you. You overlooked my immaturity in my 20s, my 30s, <laughs> my 40s, and 50s. There have been so many times when you have picked me up when I've been depressed or down, you gave me grace to overcome my anger issues. You attended church alone all these years. You put up with the public scrutiny and craziness that came with my job. Neither of us knew that God was gonna do when we got married 40 years ago. But I have loved you the first day I saw you in high school history class. And I have loved you every day since. I typically get the credit, but what a lot of people don't know is you're the real hero. Thank God for you. There's another, there's another family member I want all of you to meet. He really needs Jesus. And uh, so be patient with him. This might be his last chance. That's salvation. Blue, come on, boy. Bluey, come on, boy. Come on. Good boy. Oh. Oh, it's a good boy. Can you sit? Hey, no, can't go out there. Can you sit? No licking, no scratching, no. You're such a good boy. Yeah, yeah. I wanted you to see him. I wanted you to meet him. Pray for him. <laughs> he needs it. Sit. Can you sit? Down. 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 Good boy. Yeah. This is my good friend, Tim. Tim is on staff. He's one of my favorite guys. I love Tim like a brother. You are a brother, man. And he and Blue love each other. And if anything happens to me, he's yours. <laughs> I'm grateful for my few friends, uh, the times I've spent in a truck with you, in a canoe, in a boat, on a golf course, prairie, or mountain ridge have saved me. God used you to restore my soul and keep me sane. Our staff, many of them are gathered here in the front and scattered throughout. There are none better than you. I love each one of you. You're some of my best friends. I'll miss you guys the most. And outside of my family, leading this church has been the greatest honor in my life. The Merritt family loves this church. It'll always be our church. You'll always be the people that we love. I've been so humbled by the avalanche of 
notes and cards and gifts, many of you telling me about the very moment that God grabbed your heart and began changing your life when you were sitting in one of these seats at one of our campuses or online. And I am just so grateful for that, that God has done a great work in your life. The verse I've chosen for this verse comes from 1 Corinthians. It says, I thank God every time I think of you. I thank God every day for you. And Paul goes on to write, I am certain that he, God, who began a good work in you, will continue his work until it is finished on the day that Jesus returns. What that means is God is not finished with us. That God is not finished with this church. By the way, this is his church no matter who the leader is. Jesus Christ is the leader of this church and he has promised to finish what he has started. We're in our, we're in our best days actually. It's never been like this in the history of our church. We've had great years, but this is, last few years have been incredible. 6,001 people came to know Christ just in this last calendar year, which is unheard of. Attendance keeps climbing. We're financially strong. We have the best staff we've ever had. And honestly, as I reflect on that, what I think God is doing is he's preparing this church for an even greater future. Jesus said, I will build my church. There will nothing that can stand against it. The gates of hell can't bring it down. I'm going to build my church. This is his church, Jesus said. And one of the reasons I believe so strongly that our best days are ahead is because of the leader that God has chosen to carry it forward. You know, at the end of his time in the Bible, Moses handed the leadership off to young Joshua. And David handed it off the leadership to Solomon. And even Jesus handed the leadership off to Peter, James, John, and the other disciples. There is always a leadership handoff Eventually. So, Jason, would you come and join me on stage for a minute? What an honor it's been, Jason, to have you as a partner in ministry teaching and leading this great church for the past 13 years. I want you to know you're more than a colleague to me. You're my friend. I deeply love and respect you. I believe to the core of my being that God's hand is on your life and that he has chosen you to be the leader of this great church. There are none better, I believe. You're ready you're one of the most gifted speakers in our country. We both know how daunting that burden is to teach and lead from this platform. We know the insecurities that come with that, the fears. We both share that. And we, have, we know the spiritual attack on our families that come with that. And so, Jason, I promise to pray for you every single day. And I ask all of you to pray for Jason and his wife, Sarah. She's a wonderful, wonderful person and his five kids. Especially them, yeah. Pray, pray for the kids. But I have something to give you, TJ. Uh, this is a football that was given to me um, by Ryan Longwell, Minnesota Vikings place kicker many years ago. This football has been in my office. It's been in our meetings. We toss yeah. it around. You're very familiar with yep. this. This ball has a lot of meaning for me. But now it's your turn to carry the ball. And so, whenever you look, whenever you look at that ball, remember I'm praying for you, and we'll do anything I can to help you. Take it and run, knowing that God has chosen you and He's always with you. And in 20 years, I'm going to want that back. <laughs> I have a verse for you. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. And people will sometimes do that. It's not fair. But Paul goes on to say to young Timothy, but set an example in your speech, your life, your love, your faith, and purity. And next weekend, I'll see you as an attender with my wife. 
Um, next weekend, by the way, uh, Jason's going to kick off a new series called Strong and Courageous, and it's a fantastic series if you feel a little weak um, or not courageous. This is going to be a fantastic service for you, and I'm going to be there. This is our church. This is our kids' church and grandkids' church. You are now our pastor, and we promise to support and pray for you. Thank you so much, Every Bob. single day. I, uh, yeah, thank you. I love you. I'm going to miss you. Um, it's going to be weird. Coming in on Monday morning. Um, we text each other every Saturday morning and just encourage each other for the day. And Sometimes those text messages have been just what I needed. And so thank you so much, Bob, on behalf of everyone in this church who's been impacted by your life. I wouldn't be where I am today or be the person I am without you. And I bet you there's thousands and thousands of people who would say the exact same thing. Uh, thankfully, I've got a couple of gifts for you that can kind of lighten the mood here. Uh, we've been wanting to honor your wife, Lori. And uh, we just talked about this as a staff that we thought, you know what, for 28 years, everybody's going out on Saturdays with their family and you've been here. And we wanted to give her something special just to say thank you for all that you've done, Lori. And uh, so we had a couple ideas. One of them was a lawnmower, because I know she mows the lawn. That would have been good. And uh, found out you guys had finally gotten a decent mower over the years, so that was out. And then through the help of some of your kids, uh, we also had the idea of some luggage. So bring that out. We're going to bring this out here. Apparently, you have some luggage that you, quote, think is fine. (laughs) You think it's perfectly fine. Luggage is luggage. But Lori hates it. (laughs) And so we got this for you, and I just need you to know, this is Lori's luggage. You don't get to use this, okay? You don't get to put grapefruit in it. You don't get to put deer carcasses in it or whatever you're bringing home. That's awesome. That is hers. That's perfect. That's great. Uh, One other surprise for you. Uh, One of the things that Bob has been passionate about in our church over the years is that we would be debt-free. And I don't know if you all even knew this, but we have about $3 million debt on our Woodbury building. It just had to take out a short-term loan to, to pay that off. And so over the course of the last several months, our development team has been meeting with families in our church who just had a passion to send you out with a gift. And they have raised about $2 million to go towards that $3 million of debt. And we're going to prioritize our budget so that by the end of this year, this church will be completely debt-free. That's amazing. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Those of you who did that, unbelievable. That's incredible, Jason. Thanks so much. A few weeks ago at staff meeting, uh, Bob made the comment that before he goes out to speak, he always just prays, Lord, in my weakness, make me strong. And I heard him say that, and I thought, wow, God, you answered that prayer. What a, what a powerful way that God has moved through Bob in the last 28 years. And so, Bob, we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you as you move into this next season of your life, that God's hand would be upon it as much as he's been upon this season. Would you join me as we pray together? Lord, thank you for this man. So many of us love him deeply. And we know you love him deeply, God. God, I pray for your joy in his life in this next season. I pray for rest. Pray for refreshment. I pray for a sense of peace. And God, I pray that you would continue to work through his life. God, this next season is going to be as powerful as this last season. God, you are not done with him yet. And I pray that you'd move in his life in a powerful way. God, thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Um, He's God's man. I'm telling you. I watch him. He's got it. And just pray for him. Hold him up. Encourage him. I want to conclude this service today with a song that um, has, has meant a great deal to me in these final weeks. It's called Good to Me. And honestly, I just feel so grateful to God for his goodness to me. And as our team leads it uh, at all campuses, maybe this would be a prayer for you, for your own person, your family, whatever, who's here with you, that God's been good to all of us. And so just sing it in a prayerful way. Uh, This is a song that's been written by our own musicians, and uh, I think it's going to be a nationwide, just because it's so meaningful and so good. So, and then I'll come back and we'll close up. Team, take it away.
Well, at all the campuses, let's stand together. And as Bob said, let's make this song our, our prayer here. Peace. 
Let's pray together. God, you gave me breath. Every breath I breathe right now is because you allow it. My heart beats in this moment because you allow it. God, you gave me life. You gave me two parents that were incredibly loving and godly. Introduce me to my wife. Gave us two kids, grandkids. And then God gave me a, you gave me gifts and abilities to to lead a little bit. And I'm just so grateful for what you've done. This isn't my church, it's yours. Lord Jesus, thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross for me, beaten, bloodied, bruised, humiliated, spit upon for me. to save me. How could I not be grateful, God? We all stand here together and all we can say is you've been good to us. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us, forgiving us, saving us, preparing a place in heaven for those of us who put our faith in you. You're so good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.